No, Donnie, these men are cowards. Welcome back to the Hold Up What podcast, episode number 61 on the docket today. We got a big episode. If you guys noticed yesterday, the clips and everything did not upload to TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or X, Brady, or X, as they say, as it's called now, as it was. And that's because the editing software decided not to edit until this morning. So all those clips are probably going to get dropped in tandem with the clips from this podcast. So for those wondering at home why I didn't do it, it's because the software wouldn't work. What can you do, right? Technology. With all that being said, we're going to move right along. It is August 17th, so you know what that means. This date in history. History has its eyes August 18th, 1920. The 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified, granting women the right to vote. This monumental victory came after decades of relentless advocacy, protests, and activism by suffragettes and supporters of women's rights. The journey to this landmark decision involved numerous marches, demonstrations, and acts of civil disobedience. Prominent figures like Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and many others paved the way for this historic achievement. The ratification of the 19th Amendment represented not just a legal victory, but also a significant societal shift in recognizing the equal rights of women in the democratic process. Today, the 19th Amendment stands as a testament to the pres- I was said perseverance, perseverance and determination of those who fought for equality, ensuring that the voices of women are heard and represented in the U.S. political system. They should really, they should have come up with a better name than suffrage. I know that's like what the what the term, the definition means, I guess. But when I was a kid growing up, and I, you'd have to like learn about this shit in like American history. Whenever they said women's suffrage, it sounds like suffering, like women's suffering. So like easily confusing, especially as a kid. But I digress. I'm just saying it's a, it's a weird word. Um, but yeah, uh, today, fun fact. Uh, it's not really a fun fact, but I've always maintained that my gift, if anyone has a gift in this world, right, there's always something that you can do. That's not something like you make money off of, although that would be great. Um, I guess you can if you're like a comedian or something. But um, my mom has always told me that my gift is the gift of humor. Always being able to find either the silver lining in a shitty situation or making someone laugh um, in an, an unfortunate time. You know, like I don't do... I recently went to a wake and I'm not saying it was like a stand-up comedy thing or anything. Like I wasn't making jokes during the wake or at inappropriate times, but my mom has always said, you have, a, you have a good way of making people smile, even though they might be going through some shit at the time. So she's like, always keep that going. She's like, you've had it since you were little. Like since you were a kid, you've always had the ability to make people laugh, make people feel better about themselves. And you're pretty good at timing it at the appropriate time. I don't know if that sentence made sense. But there's also times when this kind of backfires. <laughs> and today wasn't really one of those days, but it might be because I have to go into work tomorrow. We're going to see how this one lands. So I made a joke during the end of the day, right? So I kind of feel like we were getting checked on today at work. I don't know if anyone from work is listening, but I kind of feel like we got checked on at the end of the at the end of the day. It was like 2 30, 3 o'clock ish. A lot of higher ups started sniffing around the office. You know, they came over unannounced 
kind of just walked in. Um, two of us got randomly piss tested today. Uh, and then at the end of the day, like I was saying, we had the civilian higher up. He walked in unannounced and he used to run our office like back in the day. So like he kind of has ties to it. So that's not that uncommon for him to just kind of wander over, especially towards the end of the day, but kind of, kind of random, you know? And after that, two more higher ups came in that are in the Air Force and they never come over. This is probably the... I've been at this base for since March, beginning of March, and this is probably the second time they've come over. And it was completely unannounced. They, you know... They, they're not allowed to let themselves in. We had to let them in. And they're like, oh, we're just here to hang out. And it's like, all right, I understand what you're doing. But like, it's just always seems to me, at least whenever that happens, it's because they're checking up on you. Like they're, yeah, they did hang out and they were like hanging out with us. But it's usually because someone either there's a complaint or someone's like, they're not doing anything over there. Or like what's going on? That kind of thing. So they come over and like they, they sugarcoat it in, hey, we're just here to see our people. But in reality, what's happening is that someone either, I wouldn't say complained, but our our office has probably got brought into the fray of something. Or there's been like a, a few small complaints that it's just like, oh, let's just go over there and see what they're doing over there. That kind of thing. So kind of irked, kind of set the mood a little. It, we still did our thing. We still played trivia. and We still had a good time. But me being the fucking idiot doesn't know when to shut up um the they walk in and we're talking we're joking we're having a good time and then i made a joke about if you've seen one lieutenant you've seen them all right everyone laughed but it's only one lieutenant in the office and she was one of the higher-ups that walked in so i'm not really friends with her like she kind of knows me from like staff meetings but like we're not really but like it was just a joke like it wasn't like i don't think it was anything harmful or anything but you could tell she wasn't too like thrilled with the joke she didn't like get it and then i kind of put myself in her shoes like she's the only officer in here and i just kind of made a joke and everyone kind of laughed at her but i wasn't making a joke at her like hey look at this lieutenant ha 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 it was just like yeah you've seen one lieutenant you've kind of seen them all and like everyone laughed and she was like "Ooh, that was like you could tell on her face like she didn't think it was that she didn't think it was that clever and she didn't think it was that funny it was just kind of it didn't land with her i guess but everyone else laughed so i don't know I feel like I'm going to hear about it tomorrow morning, but like in a very passive way. It's going to be like, hey, just say, just make sure we're holding up our uh, customs and courtesies around the office. That's what it's going to It's going to be one of those like vague emails that has nothing to do with it. But also earlier in the day when I got piss tested for your analysis, which is random, I uh, funny story, I took the, the form, which I already peed in the cup. I sent it in. It got certified, everything. You signed for it, the whole thing. They give you this form back that has your name on it and whatever. I've never had to turn this in before. At least I don't remember ever turning this in. So I come back to the office and I shred it. And they're like, did you really just shred that? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? It has my name on it. And they're like, you're supposed to hand that in. I'm like, to who? They're like, the front office. And I was like, that can't be the case. So I started off on a bad foot because then I had to call everybody and be like, hey, I shredded that form. That wasn't important, right? And they're like, no, what are you, stupid? You're supposed to turn that in. Like, why would you shred it? I'm like, I, I pissed. Like, I did what I was supposed to do. I don't know. There's no, it's not like they have the, the results on it or anything. It's just a form saying I went over there. I was like, and the guy scanned it. Like, he, he scanned it and he fucking had it up on his screen. So I figured it's fine. And they're like, that's that was the stupidest thing you could have done. Like everyone was like laughing at me. So I got off on the wrong foot this morning. And then I feel like that's kind of what triggered like, all right, what the fuck is going on over there? Let's just send some people over there at the end of the day and see what they're really doing. Because I really thought what they were anticipating is that they were going to open the 
door and like find us sleeping or like find that we left at like two o'clock or something, which doesn't happen. Like we leave a little early, but not like not more than 30 minutes every day. Like occasionally, usually on Fridays, we leave like an hour early, but during the week, it's same time every week, every day. It's like four, four thirty, and everything's done by that point. And whatever has to get done can wait, you know, because everyone's leaving base anyway. So I feel like we got kind of checked on today. I left the office with like a weird vibe. I'm like, ah, I feel like we're just getting looked at. I feel like there's there's negative attention coming our way. So we'll see. I mean, it is what it is. Can't do anything about it. But uh, at this point, it's out of my control. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing I can do about it. So um, we're just going to let it ride. If I get in trouble tomorrow, I get in trouble. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't do anything egregious. I, they didn't walk in the office and I was like, hey, fuck you guys. Like, it wouldn't do anything like that. It was just an off the hand joke, off the cuff joke, off the hand, off the cuff joke. And uh, yeah, we kept it moving. So if they're upset about it, they can be upset all they want. Uncle Mike ain't stopping from nobody. This train doesn't have brakes. So today we're going to be diving into top stories of the week because I mentioned one yesterday. I think I mentioned a couple over the last couple days. And I feel like they need more attention, uh, not from me, the journalist, you know, the hardcore journalist, but I kind of glossed over it. And then it's one of those weeks, and I definitely said this in a previous podcast, like, why is every day a top story? Like, there's always a, a story or something happened worse than the day before. And I'm, when I say worse, it's always something that you believed in is fraudulent or something politically happened that's just dividing people left and right. I didn't mean that as like left and right, but yeah, it divides people in to be go to their corner, we go to our corner, we're going to defend our guy, you're going to defend your guy or girl or whatever, and we're never going to see eye to eye, but it's going to be like, hey, fuck you, and that's it. And then there's bigger stories again, like another wildfire, not in Maui though. Like Maui's already Maui is already burned down. There's another wildfire going on in Canada that we're going to touch on. And then the overall, the earth is hotter than it's ever been. Record temperatures across the entire country and the world. But let's just keep doing it. You know, let's let this let's let's ride this roller coaster until it stops kind of thing. You know, keep kicking the can down the road. I'm not going to sit here and preach about climate change and like, hey, we should all drive electric cars, which I've dove into, dived into. Um about how they're just not sustainable for like more than 10 years. Like we're going to run out of lithium. So there's that. So I'm not going to sit here and preach and say, hey, let's turn your AC off when you're not home. Like it's already fucked. We're fucked already. So let's get into it. Starting with the top story from yesterday. I mentioned it for a little bit before researching it. The Michael Orr Tui family scandal, fraudulent stuff going on. So for those of you paying attention at home or not paying attention, uh, the Disney movie, The Blind Side, uh, is a story of Michael Orr, the NFL player, and the family, the Tui family that brought him in when he was a young kid living on the streets. So it's very heartfelt, especially it's a Disney movie. So, you know, it's a tearjerker. Sandra Bullock won an Oscar, got nominated, some shit for that. And then it came out that this is all just kind of loosely based. The story is this, the movie is loosely based on what actually happened. So with Michael Orr, the now retired NFL player is saying is that the Tui family set up a conservatorship over him to profit from his name and image. We know about the we know about conservatorships because of Britney Spears, right? She had a conservatorship. She's been fighting free Britney, hashtag free Britney, all this stuff. He discovered that he was ne- never legally a Tui, and the paperwork he signed was not about adoption. It was about he was signing a conservatorship to them. 
Now he seeks to dissolve the conservatorship in Shelby County's court, asserting that he's more than capable of managing his own affairs. What'd the Tui family say? Have to what the Tui family have to say about this? Sean Tui, the father, strongly refutes Orr's claims, emphasizing they didn't profit from the blind side. He reveals that profits from the source book by Michael Lewis were divided, with every family member, including Orr, getting an equal share. The conservatorship was originally established to comply with NCAA's requirements when Orr aimed to play football at the University of Mississippi. The Tuies are saddened by the distance that has grown between the Orr, between Michael Orr and the rest of the family. So it turns out that this dude, I don't want to say he was taken advantage of, but he was taken advantage of because he was obviously living on the streets and, you know, the great white savior comes and saves him off the street and gives him a bed and everything, gives him a house, a roof over his head, food, gave him all the resources to succeed in life because in the movie, they depict like the gang that he would have been in that one of his friends were in that ended up getting shot and dying. And there's nothing wrong with what they did. Like that's, I'm not saying the Tuies are evil people or anything, but they clearly took advantage of the situation. You know, they they made money off of it. And if they, what Michael Orr is saying is true, that he signed a conservatorship, not an adoption paper, then that's kind of fucked up. And he probably believed this for a while, but now that he's an adult, he's a retired NFL star. Like he's on the, if you see pictures of him on the stage during the draft, like they're up there with him. Like it wasn't like they, he didn't know who these people were. Like, he's he does acknowledge that they helped him succeed in life but now that he's older and everything he's like wait a minute why are you getting all this money from me like this is crazy you're still making money and profiting off my name this doesn't seem right so now he's filing a claim and the conservatorship all this and that and he's probably gonna get some money out of it because the twoies don't want to look bad no one really wants to look bad in this situation and he definitely just wants the rights to his name and image back. So I could see that being a thing. I would not enjoy that if I were him, but hey. And what makes it worse is that the way the twoies are wording it, it's like, you owe us. Like, (laughs) we saved you. Now you owe us. And it's like, yeah, no one asked you to though. Like, thank you, but does mean you can just make a shitload of money off my name. Like, if anything, you should be like, hey, you know, we're in this together, you know, like go like that route. But it just kind of seems kind of sketchy that they made him sign a conservatorship and then convinced him that he was adopted when he didn't know any better. He's a kid. So anyway, we're going to move on there. But that was one story that made a shitload of headlines because everyone loves the blind side, but it's probably going to get pulled off of Disney Plus, I would assume. But it's on every channel. If you go on any flight that has a TV, the blind side's on. If you're just turning the TV on, say Saturday at two in the afternoon, the blind side's playing. Uh, it's always on at least one channel. It's wholesome. Everyone loves the story. It's funny. SJ, you know, the whole thing. What was the daughter's name? Mackenzie or something. She had a weird name. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a wholesome movie, or at least it was. Now it's fraudulent. Can't trust anything in this world. And like I mentioned in the beginning, we have these wildfires going off. So it's not even Maui anymore. Maui, Maui's cooked. It's done. It's over. Now there's a lot of controversy with that saying that the the city of Maui let it happen because they wanted to move the locals out. So like they didn't clean up the trees around the electric lines. We're not going to dive into that, right? We already know Maui's cooked. We'll get the details when it comes when it when it goes. Yellowknife Canada is a new one. I never heard of Yellowknife Canada. I didn't even know that was a ten- I, when they said Yellowknife, I'm like, oh, that must be like a tribe in Hawaii. You know, like my stupid ignorant ass was like, oh, Yellowknife's another part of Hawaii on fire. Turns out it's not. Uh, <laughs> Yellowknife is in Canada, the Northwest ter- Territory, and they issued an evacuation, a mandatory evacuation. They're flying planes of people out of of that area. 
area. Like, no, you're leaving. Not like we have it under control. You can evacuate if you want to. This is like, no, you're getting on a plane today and you're getting the fuck out because we can't control this shit anymore. So air evacuations uh, have commenced. The priority is given to residents in high-risk zones and those who can evacuate by road. The city, which is not in immediate danger, is preparing for the eventuality of being burned to the ground because these fires, you can't do anything. Wildfires are fucking wild. So Yellowknife has a population of around 20,000 and it's the capital of the Northwest Territories. The only major highway in and out of the city is Highway 3, which is packed now with residents evacuating and will eventually just be jammed because people are going to leave their cars. So they're saying, wait for the planes, they're going to come and get you and we'll just fly out. But not only Yellowknife, it's also the nearby towns and communities like Hay River are under threat. These names of these towns sound like Oregon Trail, Oregon Trail, Oregon Trail, right? Earlier in the week, the region had declared a state of emergency. The Northwest Territories is witnessing over 200 wildfires with a staggering 1,067 active wildfires. Canada's forest regions are under siege. About 15% of the Northwest Territories residents have been evacuated. Canadian forces are supporting firefighting efforts and air evacuations. They're just spraying fucking maple syrup on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a fire here, eh? Nice fire, eh? What's this about? And they just spray it with maple syrup and then they just dump it over their heads. But... I mean, at least they're being proactive. They're not just sitting around being like, hey, fuck it. You know, you guys are on your own. (laughs) They're getting ahead of it. They're like, hey, we don't know if this, we know we can't control this, but you might as well leave now and deal with it later. At least you're going to be alive. You might not have anything from your house, but I mean, I guess at that point you can just like stuff some pictures and shit into a suitcase and pack a sweatshirt and you're on your way. So they're being proactive, which is good, but still kind of fucked up. And we're going to tackle on, we're going to tackle some climate change at the end of this. And by tackle, I mean, I'm going to let you know that we're all going to die. Now this topic, I told you I'm not doing any politics. I said that, been saying it every time. My friends, for some reason, think I do politics on here. I don't. So what we're going to do is I'm going to mention what's going on with Donald Trump. However, I'm going to speed the time up on it by <laughs> one and a half <laughs> So you won't even actually hear me speak and it's going to be quick because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have the hater. I don't want to have people coming after me saying I'm only taking one side. There's, there's not that many sides to the story. He just got indicted. I'm not saying he deserves it or not. They dropped an indictment in Georgia for him. That's it. That's all you got to know. And there's allegations. I'm not saying he's guilty or not. It's allegations. You're innocent until proven guilty. That's just what it is. Like, there's no other way to explain it. You can get into, if you want, have your opinion saying the Democrats are coming after him and this is revenge and yada, yada, yada. That's fine. Those aren't facts. These are the facts. So, the charges. Trump, along with 18 others, including Rudy Giuliani and Mark Meadows, have been indicted in Fulton County, Georgia. They face a slew of charges ranging from racketeering violations under Georgia's RICO law to perjury. These are the specific allegations now. They're accused of conspiring to unlawfully change the outcome of the 2020 election. The indictment particularly cites Trump's phone call to Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, where he requested to find 11,780 votes. The DA's position, the district attorney's position. District Attorney Willis has emphasized that Trump and his associates knowingly participated in a conspiracy against the democratic process. Trump's retort. Through his social media channels, Trump accused DA Willis of delaying her investigation for political reasons. Other legal battles. Trump is also embroiled in multiple other legal battles ranging from allegations of hush money payments in New York to mishandling classified documents. That's it. That's all I'm saying on the topic. I'm not saying one way or another. If he's guilty, he's not. He belongs in jail. He doesn't belong in jail. I don't want to hear about Hunter Biden's laptop. I don't want to hear about anything other than what I just said. I don't want to hear anything, actually. Don't comment on anything I just said. Don't even comment. I don't want to hear either side. I'm just saying what the fact of the story is. That's it. End. Period. Moving along.
So a groundbreaking study, this is the last story, I'm going to let you guys go. A groundbreaking study in the journal PLOS Climate has outlined how America's richest significantly can contribute to greenhouse gas emissions, how they perform this study, right? The study went beyond just direct consumption carbon footprints. It connected financial transactions and economic activities of the rich to carbon emissions. What they found out... Astoundingly, the wealthiest 10% of Americans contribute to 40% of the country's carbon emissions. Those at the very top 1% are responsible for up to 17 of the 40%, so about half. The top 0.1% emit carbon at shocking rates, sometimes over a thousand times more than the recommended individual limit. And this is where they want to do the carbon tax. The study challenges conventional carbon taxes, suggesting that focusing on just consumption neglects the massive carbon footprint of the wealthy, the wealthy's investments. There's a growing demand for reevaluating these taxes and how they're levied, with a push towards targeting the high emissions of the wealthiest. Again, I'm not simping for the billionaires or anything, and I'm not saying it sucks to be rich or steal their money or redistribute it or anything. I'm just saying when you're rich, you do rich people shit. You drive a Lamborghini that gets six miles to the gallon. You fucking drive, you take a private plane everywhere to go from DC to New York, which is like a 30 minute flight. You take a private jet, you own a yacht. You know what I mean? Like you have all this stuff, but this is getting into like the footprint of all this. Like all the pieces that have to come together for you to get your yacht is thousands of more times than what's recommended for the individual. And these people are still alive. You know what I mean? Like they're still cooking. So it's not like they just did it once and they're like, they're still doing shit like that. Like the, the rockets, I hate to even say his name because I know people are going to be, Oh, you're making fun of Elon Musk again. Like Elon Bezos, these dudes are making the Virgin Records dude, the Virgin Atlantic guy. Uh, they're fucking making these rockets just to launch themselves in space. Like that shit costs a lot. And it costs a lot of resource, not just money. I'm talking resources. It's the pollution from the jet fuel, all this stuff, which doesn't melt steel beams. We can get into that later. So this is what this study is saying. is like, yeah, it's not just that they're doing it individually. It's what everything they do, it takes so many people and so much resources just to do these things that it's way bigger than just like, hey, they they flew a jet. Like all the stuff to make the jet, the fuel it costs, all this stuff is adding up to a lot. So this is why we have wildfires. Maybe, maybe not. But you can't argue that the, it's not as hot as it ever, it's ever been. Like I think in Florida, like the average temperature is like 104. It reached over 100 degrees the other day in Florida before 8 a.m. The sun rises at like 6.45 and it's already past 100 degrees. That shit used to happen in Mississippi too. I remember being in Mississippi and it would be like the sun would just come up and they'd put a black flag warning out. That means it's going to be over. It's already over 95 degrees. And that's just when the sun came up. And then you'd see like the record temp that day was like 104, 100% humidity. Like that's disgusting. Like that's just, it's just gross to even think about. And like, it was hot today up here, but it was like 84 degrees and I wanted to die. Actually, today was pretty nice. But you know what I mean? Like when it's hot out, you're like, God damn it, this is so hot. And then like every summer, it's like, this is the hottest summer of the year. But then it turns out this, it has been the hottest summer of the hottest summer ever. And it's the last like 10 summers have been the hottest summer ever. And it's like, oh, it's been the hottest. Every year has been hotter than the previous year for the last like 25 years. It's like something's going on. But I think we're too late in the game anyway to fix it. I think it's fucked. It's like the whole gun debate. Like, yeah, ideally we would have zero guns everywhere. Like, get rid of every single one of them. But we have too many already, so you might as well just keep giving people more to defend the people that don't have guns. You know, like, we're too far in the hole. It's over. 
There's nothing you can do. By the time we get it figured out, we're all going to be dead anyway. I was listening to a podcast and someone was like, oh yeah, that contract ends in 2036. And another person on the podcast starts laughing and they're like, what's so funny about that? And they're like, we're not going to be here in 2036. You know what I mean? Like, that's Do you really think we're going to survive the next 13 years? And they're like, oh, well, you never know. And then you see all this news about the wildfires and you see record temperatures and people getting evacuated and just there's nothing they can do to control these wildfires. And this isn't even California yet. California hasn't even started burning. So fuck it, right? We'll see what we do. (laughs) Nothing we could do about it now. It's already cooked. My AC is set to 70. So there's that. I'm doing my part though. I drive a hybrid. So I appreciate you guys hanging out, watching me, hearing me ramble or watching me ramble if you're on YouTube or TikTok. The, uh, we're going to let you guys ride. I know it's Thursday. Tomorrow is obviously Friday. And then the weekend, lookout weekend. Everyone loves the weekend. I got to mow the lawn, do shit like that. You know, burn some more fossil fuels. It's fine. It's like, oh, what are we supposed to do about it? My famous, the famous quote from Kanye. You ain't got the answer, Sway. I actually saw a, a uh, he was in a, he did another, um, podcast with lex friedman lex friedman's jewish and uh kanye was going off on the jews again probably doesn't sound like he learned his lesson but i mean you got to separate the art from the artist because i some of his some of his some of his songs obviously still slap and i used some of them on my on this podcast so he's in he's just got to stop talking that's basically all it is like just make music man you don't gotta fucking hate the jews dude like tone it down you know shouldn't hate anybody life's too short to hate people that's what i always say so people can annoy the fuck out of you that's different, but you can't just hate people, man. If you don't like if you don't like anybody, just don't go around them, you know? So, whatever. That's my two cents. And I'm going to leave you with this wholesome comment before we get out of here for the night. So, every scar, every flaw, every strength within you is a testament to the unique journey you've walked. Wear them proudly as badges of your resilience and the wisdom you've gained. <laughs>